Welcome back to the North Shore Station. We are here on the campus of Duquesne University in the basement of College Hall. I'm Luke Strazio. I'm sitting here with my good friends Dom Farrow and Camden Euler. This week, a lot has gone down, especially Tom Brady, some would call him the GOAT, winning his seventh Lombardi Trophy. Count them, seven. And now that he has seven, he's throwing them around like they're Nerf footballs to Gronk like he does with his kids. Also this week, we got all of our NFL awards. I know Dom will want to talk about T.J. Watt a lot this, this uh, episode, so stay tuned for that to hear him, him get a little heated. I know that Camden will also want to talk about his guy in the NFL awards, Chase Young. So stay tuned with us. You're going to hear some good content here tonight on the North Shore Station. Folks, welcome back. We are the North Shore Station. I'm Lucas Drazio. I'm sitting here with Dom Farrow and Camden Euler. And we all have watched this week another Lombardi Trophy going to the Brady household. Tom Brady, his 10th Super Bowl, he's taking home his 7th Super Bowl trophy, his 5th Super Bowl MVP, and Gronk is with him. And he's, he's, uh, he's really living it up there in Tampa Bay, on the Bay, a little boat parade today on February 10th, Wednesday when we're recording this episode. Dom, I know that you often often refer to Tom Brady as the GOAT. And, you know, we, we had the conversation a couple weeks ago, him versus Aaron Rodgers, football player versus athlete, athlete versus player. I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of conversations in that GOAT talk. Does this solidify Brady as the GOAT for now? Yeah. I mean, that's not even a question at this point. And I don't think there's anything that Mahomes can do at this point, or anyone, to be considered even in the same category as Tom Brady. I mean, even if you just put him, take his career from 2015 on, he has a better career than most of the quarterbacks that we're saying are comparable in the GOAT conversation. Now, I know I got a, ahead of myself these last couple weeks saying Aaron Rodgers could really give him a run for his money with, with the season he had, if he could keep that going. But Brady does it season and season over and over and over and over and over and over, and he just keeps getting it done. He's the best no matter where he is, regular season, playoffs. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. And, like, as much as I want to argue about who the GOAT is, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. And no one, I mean no one, in the history of the entire universe will ever be a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Yeah, I saw a graphic this week about Tom Brady, and uh, it, it, I think it was by ESPN or SportsCenter. They cut his his career into three uh, eras, you know, when he was in his 20s, when he was in his 30s, and when he was in his 40s. And in all three of them, he has a Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowl wins. He has multiple Super Bowl appearances, obviously. And I think in each of them, he had at least one uh, NFL MVP. So, I mean, when you get right down to it, it's hard to argue against him. As much as I want to, you can't. It's hard to argue against him. I mean, it, it's... I don't know. It's unfathomable that someone can come into the league and look like that in his combine out of Michigan, nonetheless. I'm not going to praise him for that. But, you know, a guy out of Michigan, look like that in his combine, look that unathletic, and then by the end of it, 20 years later, he's the greatest of all time. Camden, do you think there's any way that 
that Patrick Mahomes could maybe, you know, exceed the expectations that he already has. Because that's the thing. Brady had low expectations coming into it. Where Mahomes now, everyone's like, he, in his future, is going to be the one that's going to dethrone Brady, maybe. He's going to be the one with a chance to dethrone Brady and be the new GOAT. Do you think that there's that high expectation is going to hurt Mahomes in the long run and his career in the GOAT standing? Oh, I think that's a lot. I think that's a huge thing that, that a lot of people don't look at is, you know, the difference of, of one, just the play style of both the quarterbacks and, and the time they came into the league. And then, and then, you know, like their, uh, like their standards and what Brady was expected to do, uh, coming in for, for Drew Bledsoe back in the day as a backup. And then, and then what Mahomes is expected to do now. But I think if you're going to, I mean, it all depends on how you look at the GOAT conversation. If you look at it by most accomplished, I, I don't think he catches Brady. I don't even think he gets close. I think he probably is, I mean, he's obviously going to get to another Super Bowl, probably won a couple more. But is he going to be able to get seven in the fashion that Tom Brady has gotten seven? Even if he gets seven, it's still like that. Yeah. That head-to-head -head says mm -hmm. so much. That, I think, is equal. Well, if it's Tom Brady versus Mahomes in the GOAT conversation, Super Bowl 55 equals two Super Bowls in the argument, I feel like. Yeah. There's nothing Mahomes can do except win maybe nine Super Bowls for him to yeah. even be considered in Tom Brady's. Yeah, so if you look at it based on that, I think obviously Brady is still going to take that one. But if you look at it as skill on the field, I mean, this Super Bowl, I'm not putting that game on Mahomes. No Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz obviously showed part in this game. And, I mean, this showed part in why and. Uh, a good offensive line is, is much needed in football because Mahomes was running absolute circles in this game. He was he was running 10 yards back about every play. And, I mean, that's props to Tampa Bay's pass rush as well. But, again, having those two big linemen out was definitely a factor in this and, and receivers not, not doing what they normally do. So I'm not putting this game on Mahomes, obviously. Mahomes has shown what he's capable of, and that has looked – better than Brady's skill at the point Brady would have been like in that time Brady in his career and Mahomes he had two of the most impressive incompletions I've ever seen well, in my yeah. life maybe you talked about Josh Allen having some in impressive incompletions mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. I mean he went full white Goodman parallel to the ground throw and it it hit his receiver in the face mask. It was absolutely that insane. And he dropped it. But, I mean, it got tipped. I'll give him that Also, much, another thing that I, I said a few weeks ago on the podcast was how Mahomes is basically the Steph Curry of the NFL, how he's so likable and stuff, and no one hates Mahomes. But I think this weekend I saw it. I saw it on my Twitter. Everyone turned on Mahomes. And it wasn't because he was playing bad. It wasn't because of anything on the field. It was because of his wife or fiance or girlfriend oh, yeah, and Jackson that. Mahomes. Mm -hmm. yeah. like people just, they needed that one thing mm -hmm. to turn on him for, and yeah. they've officially turned on Patrick Mahomes. I witnessed it with my own two eyes. I mean, we saw it with Steph Curry in the, in the Cavs series when he, when he, chucked, the, the, he chucked the mouth That was the moment there. Hit a guy in the first, uh, first row, yeah. Mahomes seemed to have a little, not that he like had a temper tantrum, but a little bit actually. I don't know if you guys saw it, a little uh, post-game interview he said, yeah, the receivers and me, you know, like they were running some different routes than I thought they would run. And, uh, you know, the line, they got it done sometimes, but a lot of times I was pressured back there. And it just seemed like a lot of other quarterbacks in the league who are more professional, like Tom Brady or like Aaron Rodgers, you won't see them throw their guys under the bus. Um, I'll, even, I'll even give Baker Mayfield that props. You know, when he plays bad or when someone else plays bad, he takes it on himself. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's one thing that you need an NFL quarterback and even though 
I still think Patrick Mahomes is, is obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league physically and mentally. I think that really is a knock on his character, and I think that hurts a lot when you, you kind of throw your guys under the bus like that after a Super Bowl mm-hmm. loss. So That's think- one thing uh, Roethlisberger does that I'm not a huge fan of. He kind of <laughs> will. He'll explain who was in the wrong in that situation. I mean, he used to have a radio show where he'd basically just grill his receivers every freaking Monday. <laughs> Wasn't a big fan of that. He's, he's not doing that anymore, but still, I agree with everything you said, Lucas. Well, I think that was, I think that was also just pure frustration. I mean, Mahomes said in that, in that same interview, I haven't be, been beaten this bad in a long time, that he's not used to anything like this. He's not used to his receipt, you know, Tyreek I mean, Hill. You know, I think the streaker got more separation than Tyreek Hill did the entire <laughs> night. So, I mean, and then... I mean, you know, Mahomes wasn't lying, though. This is the first game... In high school, college, or NFL, where he didn't have, where his team didn't have a single offensive yeah. touchdown. Yeah, he's. It's not something that he has has experienced pretty much any time before. So it's obviously pure frustration, of course, to do it on the biggest stage with, like you said, his expectations were high. And I mean, I, I think the throw to Pringle in the back of the end zone was pure luck. I don't think he did that one on purpose. The one that hit Tyreek Hill right in the right between the eyes, that one that was a dot. That was beautiful. But the one to Pringle in the back of the end zone was, that was that was I think that was luck. That was I mean there's no way you put that. But just to get it there is impressive. Perfectly over three defenders. But there's like a picture of him where he's still got the ball in his hand. He's basically like laying down, like a foot off the ground, barely. Some insane throws from him. Unfortunately, yeah, I I think wasn't enough though for the goat. Wasn't enough. Cam, I think you mentioned it, that pass rush. Got to give it up to Todd Bowles. 29 pressures. Oh, absolutely. 29 QB pressures in a Super Bowl. Also, like you said, two backup tackles. So that, that is a factor for the Kansas Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs. But when you get 29 pressures on a quarterback, it doesn't matter how much magic he pulls out back there and he's rolling around, which, by the way, it was very impressive. He did pull out some magic, Patrick Mahomes did. I don't know if you saw the mic'd up clip of uh, – Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but they were like, that, that guy's insane. Like, he's a magician. He's running around back. I don't know how he's getting these throws off and how he's hitting his receivers in, in spots where they can make catches. It, it was really impressive, but when you get 29 pressures and you got a guy running around like that, it, it's, it's oftentimes not going to work out for you, and I think that they obviously proved it in this game. They didn't score a touchdown. They only came out with nine points, and, and they proved everyone wrong, including us, who bet on that over. Um, yeah, we all went over. It seemed like the lock of the century for sure. Yeah. I mean, two high-powered offenses. I know that the Buccaneers' defense looked really good against Drew Brees, against Aaron Rodgers, but I didn't think they were good enough to stop Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, and Kelsey. Yeah, I started talking about it last week, and then we kind of got off track with uh, Gatorade and, and, and worse <laughs> Super Bowls. We got really off track last week. But I mentioned it. I said, you know, this kind of has the makings of that little Rams and Patriots Super Bowl. You where did say that. It seems like everyone's like, oh, the, these are two high-powered offenses. The Rams had that game against the Chiefs that year where they scored like 50 points each. And then, like I said, it was 10-3 to in the fourth quarter. Look at this game. Now, obviously, the Buccaneers offense had it going a little bit more thanks to Gronk, A.B., and and Lombardi Lenny, as his new nickname yep. is, yep. Um, and Leonard Fournette. But but still, yeah, I, I had that feeling that some somehow the, the offense is just every, – every year in the Super Bowl, something weird happens, whether it's a weird safety or a weird punt, special teams play. And this year the weird thing that would happen was the Chiefs' offense just never got off the ground. I thought they were unstoppable. 
Every yeah. single week that I come in here and say this offense is unstoppable, the very next week they get shut down by the Bucks. Yeah. Packers, I said no one's stopping this offense. The Buccaneers stepped in there. They did it. Chiefs step in there. The Bucks do it again. Now, the, the question that I saw online that I think needs an answer is, is there any other quarterback that could have stepped into the Buccaneers this year and won the Super Bowl? James Winston. No. James. <laughs> Famous James may have gotten into the playoffs with them. See, the thing is, I, I, heard, uh, I heard this in, in the locker room the other day after a practice. Someone said, you know, the reason that they've got all those guys are, are because Tom Brady. Because of Tom Brady. Now, of exactly. course, and, and I mentioned that, you know, having a star player, you know, it, it kind of brings other guys yeah. like LeBron. That's one thing that's – obviously LeBron's on the court play is one thing. But the other thing that he brings is people want to play with him. Yeah. People want to play with Brady. That's mm-hmm. why Leonard Fournette went there. That's why Gronk came out of retirement. That's why Antonio Brown signed there. And those three guys are guys that scored Super Bowl touchdowns. Gronk had two of them. Yeah. I think everyone in the game were people that Brady brought over. Everyone yeah, who scored a touchdown. Yeah. 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 Everyone that scored a touchdown was. It was those three had four touchdowns, and they they were the three that came after Brady was already acquired. It's the Brady effect. Yeah. It just shows. It just shows. And I mean, Let's talk a little bit more about Tampa Bay. I mean, they, they had an amazing game. Um, like I said, Todd Bowles, you know, you can't draw it out much better. Yeah. And Jets, now, Jets are regretting that yeah. decision oh, yeah. big time now. I'm sure they are. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, let's let's give it up to Brady, who, who right now is looking like the GOAT. I mean, you have a team that went 7-5 and five to start the season, and then they have a bye week, and they finish 8-0. Brand-new head coach. Yeah. Brand-new coordinators. Brand-new everything. And that just doesn't happen in the NFL. Sometimes in the NBA, that can happen. MLB, that can happen. NFL, you just don't see that happen. But Bruce Arians, props to him because people were kind of clowning him at the beginning of the season because he was kind of doing the throwing his players under the bus. He's like, Brady didn't do enough of this. But really, he figured out the way to get that whole team together. Shout out the York, Pennsylvania yes, native. <laughs> Well, I think Bruce that also, Arians. I think that also just, you know, like you connected it with the NBA, you know, like what we're seeing with – with the Brooklyn Nets right now, with their, with their like, they're looking like one of the worst defensive teams of all time currently. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at at part of that being coaching with Steve Nash just stepping in as his first year yeah. and ever doing anything like that. And I mean, but I in Bruce Arians, it's it's different with Bruce Arians because well, he's oh, been yeah. a coach. Yeah, he's been. But I'm just saying, coaching. like that just shows. But that yeah, being able to to be able to get a team and football is a completely different sport. True. It's a lot more team. But they also have sports. three Tom Brady's right. on their team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But it just shows how how that just is good for Bruce Arians. That you know that shows that he got the team where they needed to be, even though it didn't look like they were towards the beginning of the year. But he he showed what kind of coach he is, and, and he turned it around. And I'm sure Tom was a part of part of a lot of that as well. Yeah, and not a to, little bit. Not to get political. I don't think this is political to say, but having minority coaches, women, black people in the NFL, there it's been a long time for for minorities to get. Uh, recognition, get the chance, get, even get the opportunity to succeed. And Bruce Arians did a great job with that. Proved that it doesn't matter who's on your coaching staff. If you got the way to win, you can get it. Yeah, I mean, one of the most diverse like coaching staffs of all time, if not the most diverse. I think it has to it, be. It, yeah, but um, yeah. So props to Bruce Arians. Props to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, props all around. Seven Super Bowls for Tom Brady. Uh, More you know. Super Bowls. Than any franchise. That's right. He More Super Bowls than 18 himself. franchises combined. That's right. Yeah. Insane. That's right. Um, one man has more Super Bowls than 18 NFL franchises combined. 
Yeah, and then, you know, just talking, I, I gave a little teaser about it in the, in the opening, but yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but Tom Brady tossing the Lombardi trophy from one boat to the, to the next. I like to, it. To Gronk, and you know, when you've got seven of them, why not just throw them around? launch that thing around. You'll yeah, get another, it's a toy you'll get another at this one. point. It's a toy at this point. Ah, oh, we, we've sunk it in the bay. Let's get another one next year. Why not? Who cares? And the uh, Buccaneers, um, it seems like most of those people are coming back next season. They want to win a second one. They aren't. Bruce Arians said we aren't doing the BS that Kansas City's doing. We aren't saying run it back, but but we're bringing back the same guys and we'll be ready. But can they do it again though? That's the question. Let's do the way too early NFL power rankings. Actually, let's just react to ESPNs because yeah, they're, they're, they're can't give thirty. Interested me a lot. It was an I interesting that list. number seven spot, by the way, on that ESPN. I bet you we'll, do. We'll get to that in a let's second, let's but. just run through real quick. ESPN power rankings, the way too early power rankings. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, Buffalo Bills. Three, Green Bay Packers. Four, Buccaneers. Five, Rams. Six, Ravens. Seven, Browns. Eight, Seahawks. Nine, 49ers. Ten, Tennessee Titans. Now. I can tell you what I like about this list, and I can tell you what I don't like. What I don't like is two AFC North teams in that top ten. And people, one another thing I do like is people are sleeping on the Steelers. Yeah. They were doing it last season. I thought you were going to say that start off you didn't like that neither of them were the Steelers. <laughs> I also don't like that. I don't enjoy that one bit. I do like the Rams being in the top five because they showed with how beat up that quarterback position was. Even in the playoffs, they get it done against Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll, they've been there before, but they still figured out a way to get it done. I trust in the Rams. I trust in Stafford. I think Stafford will be the key for them. Making a, a, oh man, I want to say Super Bowl. I want to say the Rams will win a Super Bowl and not Stafford. Is that too much of a hot take to say right now? Probably. I think until we actually see how it all pans out, I think it's too early to say, but I don't think it's completely out of the question. I think obviously Sean McVay, you know, he's gonna he's gonna do his thing and put and obviously he's got a quarterback now that I'm sure he's gonna be more confident with to make plays than my buddy Jared Goff did. But and obviously that defense is still probably the best in the league with with uh, who you think is the best corner in the league, Jalen Ramsey and who is and, uh, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, mm. up there in the front. We'll get into so, that in a second. Mm. Yeah, that it'll be works. interesting. It's definitely possible, but but yeah, having the Chiefs there, number one, is fair. Having the Bills there, two, is fair. Packers at three. The top four is fair. I mean, because there's so much stuff that's going to happen during the off season for these teams yeah. who are right on the edge to make a couple moves, a couple big draft picks. If the Ravens get a solid wide receiver, I could see them being moved up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think it is. I think you say it's fair and the things, but I, I think a lot of people might, you know, overhype this. And the, the the title of the picture is the way too early 2021 mm, rankings. Yep. They are way too early. It doesn't matter right now. So if anyone gets fired up over these, like I, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, using that Jordan mindset, you know, that Michael Jordan mindset, I wouldn't be surprised Tom Brady says, we just won a Super Bowl and they're ranking us at four. Four. That's, disrespect. Now, and and um, no but, one's leaving though. Yeah, too. Exactly. That's, but but that's I mean, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't matter right now. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um, and I think you know people might overhype this a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, you mentioned that number seven spot though. I'll just talk about that real quick. The Cleveland Browns can't be more excited about this. You know, going into an off season, 
and not having to worry about quarterback troubles, not having to worry mm-hmm. about coach troubles. Kyle Must Spansky, be nice. NFL coach of the year, not going to mention. No, we'll get to that in Said a second. It. But, Called it. But, yeah, that's right, Dom. That was your call. But, uh, but yeah, I think this is a way too early list, so I hope no, pe- no people, you know, get ahead of themselves, like the Browns, you know, stay humble. Um, and also, I hope no one gets, uh, you know, feels too disrespected, because it is way too early. The it Bucks, is. you know, they're, they're probably better than the fourth team in the league. They just want a Super Bowl, and that's for a reason. And like you said, they've got a lot of guys coming back. I still think Steelers deserve top ten recognition right yeah, now. Yeah, I think that's that might With be the a defense little... we have, I feel like no matter – as long as Ben Roethlisberger is the starting quarterback for the Steelers, we're going to be disrespected until he retires. That's just the, the team, unfortunate truth. The team that I think it should be now the Steelers are eleven, so they're just. Uh, out I didn't of that see top the full. I only yeah, saw I, the ten. I just now saw it. They are eleven, but having fair, the Niners and the Seahawks above them, I think that's. I think that's a little bit disrespectful. I mean, what did the, Seahawks, the Niners do? The Niners ended up six and ten this year. And maybe they're maybe this power ranking is just banking on them trading Garoppolo for maybe Wentz, maybe Deshaun Watson. That's true. So who knows? But because I, I do think the 49ers are a top five team if they get Wentz or Watson, even if Wentz. I think if they get Watson oh, and they get healthy, Wentz top ten. Not to mention they get healthy because we talked about how, how that's true how much the injury bug hit that's them true. this year. But. Yeah, I mean, getting getting back Nick Bosa will be huge for them, um, and a couple other guys. Raheem Mostert, hopefully, will be fully healthy next year. I would assume, and you know, be fully go. Debo Samuel missed a lot of games mm-hmm. this year. He's a huge threat for them. So yeah, they got the I, I like them. But Seattle at eight, just I, I don't know. Even if you have Russell Wilson, I always say having Russell Wilson always gives you a shot, and having DK Metcalf, probably one of the top receivers in the league this year, if not the top receiver uh, in the in the NFL right now. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they don't have something on defense, or maybe it is offense, because, again, against the, against the Rams, it's not like they put up a lot of points in the playoffs. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Seattle. Their we, defense, like said, for sure, is well, shaky. We have, yeah. but we have to completely see what's going to turn out with them with, with this Russell Wilson. And, yeah, uh, that's what I was just about to say. With how, uh, he's very frustrated. He's with, apparently very upset with with how, help being put around him or in front of him, I should yeah. say, at the offensive line. He gets hit way too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think a lot of these are speculations on where some people might go, mm-hmm. what moves might happen, because I do think the Seahawks need to make move make moves for this offensive line if they want Russell Wilson to be a Seahawk for life, well, which if they're smart, yeah. they will. Yeah, they need – it was – to talk about that situation, it was – I understand what he's saying completely – but the way he said it is definitely not how you want to go about it, saying, I'm tired of getting hit. Well, uh, he I, don't know, I don't know if you've taken too many hits or something, buddy, but but you do play football. So <laughs> obviously obviously that's kind of the name of the game. So I, I hope you're prepared for that. Yeah, but he's, it's the same thing you see in the in the Super Bowl with Mahomes. Like as soon as he drops back, there's five people mm-hmm. in his face. Yeah. So and and Russell Wilson has to do that every single game. Yeah. And so you get it, sick of that. The way he, yeah, but the way he came about it with, you know, I don't I don't have I don't have any say in anything or anything like that. It's like or that he needs more say in, in the I mean, just all you're gonna tell him is sign offensive linemen to, to block for me. Yeah. That's about all it is. So I mean I mean he definitely has the targets around him. He has the the defense when they're playing when they're playing like Seahawks defenses of old to to be able to get him stops to to win games. So I think it's I think just the way he approached it was was 
obviously what what we're seeing now with the NFL and, and the players getting a lot more power than they used to have. That's true. You know, like you know, we're seeing with Deshaun Watson and and what ha- which has happened with uh, the Ravens lineman saying uh, he said I'm only playing left he, tackle. I'm only playing left tackle. You're seeing it's it's becoming more and more like the NBA every single year where the players have more power than the actual organizations. Do. I think it should be too because these players are making the money for these owners. And the owners are the one who kind of says shut up and play. I don't think I think that's outdated. I think the NBA model is. I think that better. I just think there needs to be a balance. Oh, I think the NBA and is, it's it's better. The NBA is overboard. They're terrible. Okay, the yeah. NBA but it's great. I think it's great. A line. It's great there for has fans to be a line though. In the middle. It's great. Like the off season yeah, for NBA might be better than the regular yeah, exactly. season of the NBA. The and, no, that's saying, not a problem. Well, that's great. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, it's great for the fans. Yeah, but for the game, it's terrible. Because you, I mean, you're just seeing guys like Harden saying, oh, "I'm just not going to play." I'm just going to get fat. If you don't trade me exactly where I want to be traded, I will get exactly what I want to so be traded fat, for. I'm not going to play. I will get so See, fat, and you thing. will have exactly. to trade me. That's the thing <laughs> that kills terrible. me about the NBA is because of guys like that. There's only like eight teams that are relevant. That is exactly. true. Relevant. Yeah, that's true. Because like the Cavs this year, like as a Cleveland fan, like the Cavs, even if they're having a good year, like we, we're watching them, like as a Cavs fan, you watch them, they're like, oh wow, this is like an exciting team again. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like maybe they make an eight seed and they're out in the first round. It doesn't yeah. matter because we're gonna have to play the Nets or we're gonna. Well, maybe maybe if we play the Nets, we could win that series. We beat them twice in a row. Yeah. But you know, like like if there's so many teams in the NBA that are just completely irrelevant. Unless true. they get the top pick and there's a Zion Williamson. There's, or, there's a decent amount of irrelevant teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, there there are, but at the same time, like... But it's not as It's bad. not as bad. Every, yeah. Like the Lions. Like, there, you can, yeah, you so can look relevant. at an upside. But the Lions have some, have some players. You can look at an upside for every plays. team. Yeah, there but got, there are teams the Sacramento the Kings have. Terrible. Well, they the got, Kings aren't bad. They just, they just right, went the Knicks. two in their eye. Yeah, exactly. The next. Yeah, they got Obi Toppin. Example. They got Obi Toppin. What more can you ask for? There, so, I would say there's there's more. This ought to be a basketball. Club. There's more of an upside for every team in the NFL that you can find an upside than there is for every team in the NBA. Yeah, because there's only five people on a court at once. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's it comes with the nature. We always of the game, yeah. we always get in these basketball football arguments, and we always come to the same conclusion. That's they're completely just different. completely yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, right now we're talking about off-field situations where that's kind of the same that situation. Is true. It's a lot more than on the field. Yeah, that's fair. So if we if it, if the NFL gets to the point that the NBA is at right now, where players are just like, eh, if you don't do do exactly what I want you to do, I'm just not going to play. Yeah, and especially if you're seeing guys like Deshaun Watson and these guys that are stars in the league, you know, somebody's going to pick them up. So they have nothing to lose. It's definitely know? a tricky situation for sure. I think that. I mentioned it last week a little bit when we were talking about the Jared Goff and Matt Stafford trade, but uh, someone told me one, like last week that the NFL is starting to become a win-now league, in, which is more like the NBA instead of build for the future. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that comes with the, the players having more power. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tom Brady, look how much power he has. He was like, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to win right now. Doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what team he picked. He was going to win right now. You know what I mean? He was going to find a way to bring guys in and win right now. I mean, so, it seemed insane when he yeah. said, I'm going to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. It's like, why Tampa Bay? There seemed like there had to have been better options than Tampa Bay at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just yeah. didn't make sense. And we were talking about before we started recording that at the beginning of the season, none of us would have picked the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. No. Like, we all respect Tom Brady. We all acknowledge that he's the greatest quarterback, and we acknowledge that they had great pieces around him. But – Come on, first first year on the Buccaneers with the new coach. 
there's no way they win the Super Bowl. Well, even how we saw with a 43 year old quarterback. Yeah. Even how we saw the season start then, as, yeah. as rocky as it was. First you know, eight we weeks. Like, oh, yeah, this isn't first be. eight weeks, we would have said, yeah. yeah, Buccaneers might not even make the playoffs. Yeah. I might need to go back and see what I was saying about the Bucks in like the first episode. All right, before we get into the NFL honors, let's talk about, let's just give, so we have it on record here. Who is going to win the 2021 2022? Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56. Camden, you go first. <laughs> hmm. That is, <laughs> that is, that is tough. And, I, to and obviously, like we said earlier, this is going to depend on, on you know, off-season moves and, and stuff that that we haven't seen yet. But I think, ooh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think you get a run game in there. Josh Allen's got another year under his belt. The defense looks super solid, and I mean we saw it in the playoffs. All they all they needed was a run game, and uh, I think you can go out and get get a free agent in the off season, and get it to where you know you can respectfully move the ball on the ground where where play actions can actually begin to work, and and uh, being fall, fallen for. So uh, I'm going with Buffalo. As of now, that that might change. All right, Camden takes Buffalo, plus twelve hundred odds right now. Put ten bucks on that, you'll win one hundred twenty dollars. It's tempting for sure. All right, what about you, Lucas? I mean, you know, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. I know, uh, and and especially in a year where you know he wins it, and you just feel like he has that opportunity to mm-hmm. repeat. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like if he the does. perfect opportunity for him to yeah. do it, to actually do it now. Yeah, if he I repeats next year, Mahomes is gone. There's with not from the league, from, <laughs> not uh, from the, from the goat talk. It's oh, just it's just, everyone's gone. Everyone's yeah. gone. There's, At this yeah. point, like, just like I was thinking, like in 2015, after the Malcolm Butler interception, I guess the goat conversation was really just Brady and Peyton Manning, maybe Joe Montana. Now, like Joe Montana and Peyton Manning are not in that conversation at all. It's it might be. It's Tom Brady. He's in a league of his own. It's Tom Brady, and then it's like, well, if Aaron Rodgers plays a couple more seasons and does this or that, and or Mahomes does this or that, there's no one who who's retired right now who even steps close to Tom Brady's legacy. No, nobody is going to win eight Super Bowls. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't Mahomes seem possible. Mahomes is going to have to win about six in a row, and which is not going to happen. And with the yeah. way he plays is a lot different than Brady. He's going to be – He's. I doubt he's going to play into his mid-40s at yeah. the level Brady just did this season. Yeah, so but, but also you look at – You look at Tom Brady at 43 years old, and then you look at a 40-year-old or a 35-year-old player from the 80s, and that dude looks like he's 30 years older than Tom Brady right now. Yeah. I think, like, the, the uh, technology, the medical technology that's available oh, yeah, to these guys is insane, and it will just keep on getting better. And I – I wouldn't be surprised if players start playing into their late 40s because of Tom Brady. My high school coach every year, he, he would always say it. And, you know, anytime that you would hear a mother or someone be worried about their kid, he'd say, football's safer now than it's ever been. It's true. You know, the, the, the helmets, the shoulder pads, everything's safer now. The rules themselves, everything is safer now than it has ever been. And it's only going to continue, especially in the NFL when you get top, top, uh, top grade, you know, treatment and stuff. Like you know, Tom Brady does, especially the way he takes care of his body and around another guy. TB12 guys. method. Yeah, exactly. Other guys around the league, you know, they take care of their body. It's not like back in the day when people smoking were smoking darts at halftime. At half- yeah. yeah, exactly. 
what's his name, the, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback in, in Super Bowl one. that famous picture of him drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette right after the game in the locker room. I saw a TikTok. This, this might be fake news, so warning. I saw a TikTok that after the game, on the Chiefs' sideline, there, were like, there was like alcohol like in the Gatorade containers. So we're, did they throw this game? Were they hammered? Was wow. the offensive line hammered that, this entire yeah, game? That, <laughs> Take that with a that, grain of salt, folks. Yeah. Find the TikTok for I yourself. So. I don't know if I'll ever be able to find it. That may have been stripped from the internet. <laughs> but you've heard, you heard me say it, okay? So if it comes out later that the Chiefs threw this game, I told you so. All right, let's move on to the NFL honors. Starting off with the Rookie of the Year. I don't think this is a huge surprise. Justin Herbert, I guess the only other option was Justin Jefferson, but it's a QB league. You got to go with Justin Herbert. If Joe Burrow played the full season, we would have had a really good uh, debate on our hands. But I, I don't think there's much of a debate here. I agree with Justin Herbert. What about you, Camden? Yeah, I mean, it was either that or Jefferson. It would have been awesome to see. I think they did it before with like a co you know, Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert. I think they did it in the past. I'm not sure who it was with. It might have been for MVP or something. I don't remember. But obviously, yeah, I mean, Herbert had a great season with the with the team that it – the organization that he was with. He made the best of, mm-hmm. of what he had, and he, he put up numbers. And, and obviously it would have been a closer race if, if Burrow was, was healthy uh, for the whole season. But, yeah, I mean, Herbert would have been my pick. Wait, real quick. You said – Buccaneers for your Super Bowl pick for next year? Yeah, I was going to say, I noticed your phone. We didn't get to the (laughs) – mine and yours. But uh, Justin Herbert or Justin Jefferson is an interesting conversation. I'll get back to that in a second. But I don't know. Bucks. I I don't want to get bet against the Browns because I kind of want to have that that mindset that we we got a shot. I was thinking about going with Browns here. But the thing is, I can't bet on the Browns. I I do it every week. I Mm -hmm. have to bet against them. So they got no shot. I wouldn't even (laughs) doubt they don't make the playoffs this year. But – uh, it's tough because I, I also can't bet against Kansas City. I feel like they've got a shot to come back, maybe play with a chip on his shoulder. I think that this offseason is going to show a lot in Patrick Mahomes' character. Um, and, and I don't know I don't know if he'll be able to – if he'll have that bounce-back mentality or not. So I'll just say Bucks. I'll go Bucks another year. Then we'll repeat Tom Brady 8. He'll go with the Bucks repeat. I'm going to go – man, I'm having a tough decision here. I'm between the Rams, the Niners, and the Browns right now. For sleeper go picks, brownies, I gotta go with the go hot take. The I gotta, I gotta give the hot takes for the folks at home. I'm gonna give you the hottest take I can give out of all these. I'm going to give you the Cleveland Browns at plus two thousand. I don't want to see it. I'd hate to see it, but if I'm going purely, <laughs> purely analytics here, I gotta go with the dog no pound. What, is, what are the odds on that? Plus two thousand. Plus Ten dollar bet right. wins you two hundred big ones. All right, with well, Baker Mayfield going, going after no this podcast, now I'm just messing no chance. The sports book. No chance over there, huh, Camden? Not you think ba- you're all high and mighty now because Taylor Heineke no. signs a two-year <laughs> no, contract? No, no, no. Now the Washington what's football Austin, teams. What's Washington's odds? <laughs> Washington's odds are like plus four thousand. Give yeah. me one second <laughs> here. Definitely not happening, but no. Plus forty thousand. I wouldn't even know. Plus a billion. Plus six thousand. So six dollar, or sorry, a ten dollar bet would win six hundred dollars. Which is which is one of the value. The value there. All right, sorry. Back Heineke to our season. back to our NFL awards. Um, yeah, Justin Herbert. You know, obviously he lo- he looked like a like a veteran. You know, by mid season. But so did Justin Jefferson by like week yeah, three. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Justin Jefferson's like a, a career, like a, a record setting guy, mm-hmm. and. 
you know, you mentioned Justin Herbert. You know, he really flourished with the team that he has that isn't a great one. Justin Jefferson, too. I mean, he's got Adam Thielen on the other side of him, which, mm. you know, they complement each other in a well way. What else way, did but... Jefferson have to do to get this award? Yeah, exactly. There's nothing That's more the he could have like, done. There's yeah, nothing... Kirk Cousins started the ball. I guess exactly. just not be on the same – draft class is Justin Herbert. I think that's and not being a quarterback. Yeah, not being a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way that Jefferson could have won this is, yeah, maybe take some snaps at Q because <laughs> it is it is a QB league. I think you're exactly right. And and I, it's hard to talk against Justin Jefferson. You look at the stats, you look at his, his production, what he did for that team, you know, it's and not to mention he had probably the, the best first career touchdown of all time. I mean, that, that play against, who was it, the Titans? Where he, he catches the long touchdown, makes two guys hit each other, and then you know does that gritty in the end, end zone. Probably the mm. most swag first touchdown of all time. It was tough, but and I, I think just for that alone, you got to give it to Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I like the argument for sure. I, yeah, this one could have could have gone either way. I would have liked to see Burrow in the conversation. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. I feel bad for Joe Burrow, honestly. I mean, the NFL honors are kind of. Whack, if I'm being honest. Okay, so just, we are going to get to that defensive player of the year. Yeah, let's just get to it right now. Well, 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 first we'll first we'll talk about Camden's guy while we're on the rookies. The I got Chase two Young, of them in there. yeah, D. End Washington rookie of the year. What do you think, Camden? I mean, I don't even know why we had to vote on this. I yeah, mean, I'm honestly this is the obvious pick. This, I mean, the next closest player was was standing right behind him in the secondary and Cameron Curl. I don't even know understand how oh. Jeremy Chin was even in the conversation. You don't think Antoine Whit- Antoine no. Winfield was in the conversation? No, well, I think it, not it over Cameron Curl. Is it because the voting was before he gave Tyreek Hill the peace sign? No. Oh, it's huge. No, <laughs> it's no huge. I mean, those guys... Speaking both, of rookie swag. Both, yeah. those, <laughs> both those guys had, had great seasons, but I, th- I don't think either of them had a better season than the sixth-round pick who was forced to start at the beginning of the season with Landon Collins being out and coming in and putting up great numbers with, I think he had four interceptions in the year or something like that. But So, yeah, I mean, but, I mean yeah, Chase Young... I, nobody else was was gonna take that. No one's to be. We saw that. it from. We saw it from from week from, one. Yeah. From week one, you mm-hmm. saw that guy play, and you were like, it was, yeah. "This yeah, is I the mean, best." Yeah. This might be one of the best defensive yeah. player in the league. This Not only one, the best defensive rookie. This was one rookie. where if it was in person, he could have started walking up when they were talking about the nominees Absolutely. because he, he knew <laughs> he was gonna get it. Yeah. He could have started walking up to the podium asap. Um, so yeah, that, there's our rookies. Uh, we got Camden's guy in there. We'll go to defensive player of the year next, or should we go to Camden's other guy? Another one that. Let's go. Let's go. Offensive player of the year, then defense player of the year. Offensive player of the what year. About the comeback player of the year, though. We'll get to that after okay, defensive right. player of the year. <laughs> offensive player of the year, Derrick Henry, well deserved. I think he should have been the MVP conversation, but if he's not, if that's just a QB award, then this will settle yeah. because he did everything he could. I mean, 2,000 yards, that's that's something you can't talk enough about. I mean, Especially not enough people, in today's league. Yeah, exactly. Especially in today's league where it is a passing league. Not enough people, I think, give him the credit almost. Um, but yet, at the same time, you know, it, there was games where he was shut down. I mean, the Browns game, he, he really didn't do much. Um, now, of course, the Browns jump out to an early lead, so then they have to start passing it, the Titans do. And, you know, he doesn't get as involved. Uh, also, the Ravens, I thought the Ravens shut him down pretty well. But... Like I said, 2,000 yards, you can't take that away from a guy. That's an incredible achievement at any level. Um, and when it's in the NFL and it is a passing league like that, he's just – he's a guy who – he's a man amongst boys. I can't mm-hmm. say it enough. Every time we talk about him, I say – I use that term. He's a man amongst boys, and, and it's, it's 
it's really clear when you watch his, his tape. I mean, the stats pointed in the direction. Derrick Henry had to win Offensive Player of the Year. Justin Herbert had to win Rookie of the Year. Chase Young had to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And the one the stats pointed to the most is T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Read those off. But instead, the Defensive Player of the Year award goes to Aaron Donald, who, who, let me just say, I love Aaron Donald. The man from Pitt, he's a beast. He needs to be covered by three men every single time or he will destroy your quarterback. He's a legend. He's probably the best defensive player in the last 15 years, I'd argue. But this season, he wasn't the best defensive player of the year, and that was just simple. The stats go right to T.J. Watt. Tackles, T.J. Watt had 53, Aaron Donald had 41. Sacks, T.J. Watt had 15, Aaron Donald had 13 and a half. Tackles for loss, T.J. Watt had 23, Aaron Donald had 12. The list goes on and on of T.J. Watt having better stats than Aaron Donald. The only one that Aaron Donald beats T.J. Watt in is forced fumbles, where Donald had four and T.J. Watt had two. Pass defenses, seven for Watt, one for Aaron Donald, and one interception for Watt, zero for Aaron Donald. Now, I know that you might freak out on me, Don, but I'll play devil's advocate here. Let's see here. Um, I, I need I'll, to I'll be in Aaron Donald's. I'll be in Aaron Donald's corner. I'll be in his defense. But... The positions, I think T.J. Watt is a crazy good player. Um, don't get me wrong. But my defense of Miles Garrett always when they compare the two is the positions they play are completely different. T.J. Watt has so much more freedom as an true. outside linebacker than Aaron Donald does as a – he's a nose tackle on a lot of plays. Like he plays a zero technique where, yeah, like you said, he's drawing a double team every time. T.J. Watt – he, he picks and, I mean, not, he doesn't pick and choose. Sometimes he does, but, you know, th- it's not like he's rushing every time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where he comes on stunts and things. So I think his numbers should be better just because of the position he plays. And when you look at the some of the numbers, passes, defense, defense obviously true. he's going to have more. Yeah. Interceptions, I would hope that Aaron Donald wouldn't have any or else, <laughs> you know, that would kind of be interesting to see what play that happened on. Vince Wilford. Got a got a interception. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, what was the guy? B.J. Raji. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, for the Packers. Big man. But um, that's right. You know, you love a big man interception. Also, uh, real quick, we were robbed of a fat man touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's right, we were. Hit him right in his hands. We needed that for the people. We needed one fat man touchdown. Why couldn't we get it? Out. It was. It, out. it was. He didn't drop it. But the people needed it. Oh, absolutely. He should have known. Yeah, he should have thought right when he got his hand on that ball. Wait, the people need a fat man touchdown. <laughs> Give it to him. The people Hold need on it. For dear life. So another season where we wait for a fat man touchdown in the Super Bowl. Camden, what are your thoughts on this defensive player of the year situation? Uh, yeah, I mean that. I think it easily should have went to T.J. Watt. Just, I mean, just. I think it goes far beyond just what's on the stat sheet. I think you just watch it, and and I think just. T.J. Watt was was just dominant this year, and, and I think it was I think he came out, you know, with a with a chip on his shoulder from from last year. Not I didn't think he should have won it last year, but I think that was something that I think that was definitely a goal of his uh, coming into this year. Seeing you know the the tweets and the the Jordan picture he was putting out after this was yep. announced that Aaron I think Donald that's won. big. I think it was something that he was that that this was on his mind. And I feel like he just completely felt like he was robbed from it. Well, he robbed was. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I kind of like the extra motivation. 
Oh yeah. That he has going into next season. Like no one's gonna be unless, able to stop him. Unless Aaron Donald comes out and and has an amazing year, TJ Watts winning it next year. Especially now with with the like you said the chip that he has on his shoulder going mm-hmm. into the next mm-hmm. going into the next season. Plus, then if he doesn't have the, uh, I think the only thing that's gonna hurt him is you know if you lose Bud Dupree, you don't have uh, you know more guys are gonna pay attention to TJ Watt if you don't have as good of a pass rush as last year, but. No, I mean, I think he was getting less attention last year or this past season just because of the firepower you guys He should be defense. a two-time defense player of the year. Last year, you could make more of an argument that uh, he shouldn't have got it, but this year, there's this year no was, argument. Yeah. He, he very well could be, and in my opinion, he should be a two-time defense player of the year. He'll get one, though. It's all good. Let's talk about the comeback player of the year, another Washington football team member in the NFL Honors. Alex Smith winning it. Just rename it to the Alex Smith Absolutely, Award yeah. already. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one person vote from yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. If you're listening by the way. to this, just don't ever listen to this podcast again. You, I mean, apparently they weren't from Pittsburgh too. Wow. So they like they actually thought that. I guess so. Wow. Even even I don't. I mean, like we talked about earlier in the year, you look at now. Granted, they did end up going to the same round in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They both did get bounced in the first round. But when you look at, like, you know, team production, I, I could see someone voting for Ben Roethlisberger. At least he was the starter the whole year. Yeah, but then you, you know? see yeah, the Smith last. five for, what, 5-0 and oh when he was the starter? That is Did true. He, he really? was good yeah. as a starter. 5-0 once he stepped in. And then you look at Roethlisberger's last five weeks and the total collapse. There's no there's no argument to be made. I, I think that guy's a fool. Well, I'm not even looking at, at performance on the field. That right? also is true. Unless, unless Alex Smith would have went out and absolutely been – you know, ter- absolutely terrible. I mean, the dude almost died. I mean, how can you? And then came back and won five, five NFL games, five straight NFL games. I mean, I don't care if it was against the NFC East teams or not. That's a, I mean, that's that's something that you'll, you'll never see again. Mm-hmm. No, there are not a lot of guys that would have came back from that injury and can't imagine and played. So yeah, rename the award after him. All right, so Camden got two Washington football team members in the NFL honors. Lucas got his head coach, Kevin Stefanski. He's in there, the coach of the year. I agree with it. I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. He's turned the Browns around. It's a new era in Cleveland, and that is saying a lot. I think, uh, and that's another reason why I went with the Browns already. The way too early prediction for the Super Bowl 56, I think that uh, Kevin Stefanski is going to continue to grow this organization, continue to make Baker Mayfield a threat in the NFL. I'm very excited to see. Well, I'm not very excited to see how good the Browns are, but I think they're going to be good. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about Kevin Stefanski. Uh, you know, turning this program around is, is no small feat. Um, you know, to, to take a franchise that's been down in the dumps for so many years, uh, you know, third head coach in three years with a new quarterback, and, and finally we see Baker that, you know, he, he had some good moments in past years, but he finally fully flourished with Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. and I, I think that just his work with Baker Mayfield alone and as well as this run game you know you, you look at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, and that duo that they have um, you know even if it even if they're not even if you take away the fact that they're two of the most talented backs in the league you know it, it's all about scheme and I think that Kevin Stefanski just he worked this team perfectly um, he, he had the egos in, in check in this in this team, and I think 
you know, I just can't say enough about Kevin Stefanski. So thank you so much, Kevin Stefanski. Thank you so much, uh, Jimmy Haslam, for for hiring Kevin Stefanski because this is clearly the right move, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I can fully say that I'm really excited to see the Browns in the future. Uh, you know, moving forward, I'm actually really mad that now the off season is is here, and and I don't get to watch Browns games, and I don't get to watch any sad. football because you know. Football being taken away is one thing enough, but when you have a Browns team that's actually exciting and actually winning games and taking that away is just a whole other level. And it was so close with the Chiefs. That's right. We were so close. One targeting call away from possibly, you know, being in that Super Bowl because, you know, I'm just going to assume that we beat the Bills, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, But, yeah, I think think the Browns probably would have put up more than nine points, too. I think so. I think the Browns give a little bit better of a game. I think so. I agree with that. The future's bright for the Browns. Like I said, the, the Browns got some recognition. The Washington football team got some recognition. The Steelers got some recognition with the Bud Light Selly of the Year. That's right. So yeah. that's cool, I guess. <laughs> little birthday cupcake celebration. TJ Watt did win the Deacon Jones Award, which I'm not sure what that, that is awarded for, but hey, more honors, the better, I guess. The Hall of Fame class for 2021 was also announced. We got Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, and Charles Woodson. Uh, Matthew Sr. was once again robbed of a pro football Hall of Fame. Really? That's, that's my Cleveland Browns. He's still getting robbed. Yeah. No, no, to this day. No, uh, no, uh, what you <laughs> no, uh, no nomination for him. Mm-hmm. Who are you? He's not over, though. What's that? Who are you going to put a bit over, though? I mean, maybe Alan Fanica. I don't know. That oh, just, that can't, been can't. Yeah, but he had, that's I mean, my boy. No, I still think uh, Clay Matthews Sr., you know, I think he's he deserved it for a long time coming. But, but uh, So Steelers get Alan Fanica in the Hall of Fame. They also get Bill Nunn, the scout from the 70s. He's finally getting in there. For people who don't know about Bill Nunn, he's, he's one of the key parts of the dynasty that the Steelers had in the 1970s. He was a local writer in Pittsburgh and he a local writer for a a a black publication in Pittsburgh at the time and every year he did a all-american for historically black colleges and universities in the United States and all these players were getting under recognized they were undervalued but the Steelers listened to what Bill Nunn had to say and he brought in a lot of talent to the Pittsburgh Steelers that they probably wouldn't have had the success they had without him so long overdue for Bill Nunn to get in the Hall of Fame also next year, because of COVID, the class of 2020 will be inducted at the same time. So the Steelers got Alan Fanica, Bill Nunn, and Troy Palmolive going in there. Next year will be very exciting. Might need to take a road trip up to Canton for that. All right. Anything else about the NFL honors? Uh, not, 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 not much about the NFL honors, no, for me. Um, you know, just shout out to Tom Brady for, you know, getting sauced in mm-hmm. this parade. And a, qu- a quote that came out from him today was, Nothing to see here, just a little avocado tequila. Yeah, I don't know what the heck that was. I don't know if I missed a reference or he's just buzzing hard, whatever it is. You know, good for him. Good for him living it up, you know, after seven. And, you know, the tweet of the week that I saw was, you know, Tom Brady really just picked any team in the NFL and said, hey, you guys want to go to the Super Bowl? So that's my uh, quote of the week. It did happen. All right. Here are the tweets of the week. Here are the real tweets of the week, the questions that we got in today. Let's answer them quick because we're going pretty long here. We've got a lot to talk about. Yuri underscore Nagy 10 says, who do you think is more likely to be on the Steelers roster next season, Juju or Dupree? 
Uh, I want to say Juju is most likely, but I also think Dupree is very likely to come back as well because of his torn ACL. A lot of teams are probably uh, skeptical about what he can do on the field now. That's, that's a serious injury to have, especially for that position. He might have lost a little speed. I don't think he did. I think he'll still be just as beastly as he was this, this, these last two seasons. But I think he'll be cheaper to bring in. I hope we bring in both. But the question is, who's more likely? I got to go with Juju here. Um, yeah, more likely, I think probably is Juju. But I think the person that could help you guys more is Bud Dupree. Yeah. Um, I, I think you are right that the ACL injury could scare some people off. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like Pittsburgh probably is going to have more of an up-close look at his status mm-hmm. and, and see just exactly where he is. So, but yeah, unfortunately for the Steelers and their fans, I'm going to say Juju is more likely. Um, And unfortunately for me, too, because I don't want to see Juju twice a year. Not because he's good, just because he's so annoying. Just so annoying. I'm done with him. He is rent-free. He is rent-free. In Browns and Browns fans' heads. (laughs) You're afraid to see him two times a year. I'm afraid I might have to see him 16 times a year. Wow. He comes over to Washington. That would be something. That would be something. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I don't think he wants to. Because, like we've mentioned before, like half his pay is probably like on the field, and then the other half is just his branding, oh, yeah. his marketing. I don't yeah. think Washington football team is a good enough branding for Juju Smith-Schuster. May have they had a name. Well, I think he's got to set his priorities. Does he want to be a wide receiver one in the league, or does he want to be does he want to be a Twitch streamer? Do you think he'd be? I think he do you think he'd both. be a, a number one wide receiver on the? I don't think he put up the numbers this year to justify. I being think Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think still one. I think Terry would be number one. Yeah, and then he would be Scary the number Terry. two. All yeah, so why, so there's no reason for him to go there now. If he wants to be a wide <laughs> oh, okay. receiver one. Well, he wouldn't be. You just said. Well, he wouldn't be, but I'm just saying. If he, wanted <laughs> if he to, wants to try. If he wants to test his luck. Well, he ain't taking Terry McLaurin's spot. That's <laughs> I, for sure. I agree. But right. I agree next with question. that. All right, next from, one. Uh, yeah, you got it. Brady at Brad Loves Birds. Um, we'd love to hear you guys' take on Carson Wentz situation and how you think it plays out. We love talking about Carson Wentz here. <laughs> we talk about him so every week. It in a little bit. Got to talk yeah. yeah, about right. yeah, It has been a while. I'm getting, you know, scratching my itch now to talk about Carson Wentz. That's why I wanted to get to this question so bad. So apparently Wentz is only talking to the Bears and the Colts. Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking, like, within the Eagles organization. Uh, I think he's talking to the coach and the owner, but not the GM. Something weird. Some weird situation where there's he's... There's some, some stipulation. Ah. Uh, how do I think it'll play out? He's got to go somewhere. There's no way he stays in Philadelphia after yeah. everything. No one wants... No one in Philadelphia wants Carson Wentz around. If you're actually watching what has been going down, unless you're a delusional Eagles fan, which... I know there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> you do not want Carson Wentz on the Eagles anymore. You want this guy to be gone, forgotten. He's got to go somewhere. I, I like the 49ers the best for him to go. Maybe Colts. I'm saying Bears. Bears. I like that one, too. Bears. So Bring he Foles follows Nick to, Foles. Bring Foles back to Trade Wentz for wow. Foles. Foles a couple. A, right now, I mean, I don't think Carson Wentz is worth it anything right now in the trade so I think there's I think I don't even think the bear I think they're gonna give him a foals and maybe a maybe a late round pick for him that's a sad thing for the Eagles that he isn't exactly. worth anything right yeah. now but I can promise where he goes he'll still be good well I yeah. think it's gonna be one of those so they're gonna get fleeced no matter what for for some of these teams that's why I think it's Chicago, gonna be like the Antonio Brown trade yeah because I think I think it's either gonna be Trubisky in a late pick or Foles in a late pick <laughs> And then if Wentz ends up flopping again, then you have whichever one wasn't traded 
to come back in and just take over like nothing ever happened. You know, low risk, yeah. high reward kind of thing. If Wentz gets traded to the Eagles draft quarter, excuse me, to the Eagles draft quarterback first round, I don't, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, do they? I, I there's too many. Try to stick with Jalen Hurts. There's too many bigger. To, yeah, especially at what six, six pick number six. I believe mm, so. six or seven. I think you're definitely having at least, at least one of those big three receivers there. Yeah, probably the either Jamar Chase or yeah. uh, that's what they should do. Waddle or what's his name? Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they get Smith. I think I, he'll I, be I gone. Would, I could, I could think but yeah, so. smart move here is a wide receiver in the first yeah. round. I think he'll probably go to the Colts, honestly, because I feel like the Colts right now, they don't have a high enough pick to get a quarterback that they'll like. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like I don't see the Colts drafting a quarterback for some reason. I just keep imagining them picking up guys in Old free agency. Dudes. Yeah. You know, the last quarterback they drafted, I feel like it's it was Locker. probably Manning. Andrew. I don't know. No, they drafted Andrew sure, Locke. Oh, Andrew Locke. Yeah. My apologies. I but still, that's Andrew. a long time ago. But yeah, a long time ago, you know, and. And, you know, then they got Jacoby Brissett, and then they got Phillip Rivers, and now I just feel like they're going to go to that uh, free agent pool one more time for their starting quarterback for this year. So, And also I think that that's probably their best bet, honestly, because I mm-hmm. think Carson Wentz is probably a little better than Jacoby Brissett if he's in the right system. And I don't think they can get a good enough uh, quarterback at their, at their draft position. I'm not exactly sure where they are in the draft, mm-hmm. but I just don't see it. All right, final question from at Brock McDonough. He said, who do you – see the Steelers taking at number 24 or what position do you think they'll target uh I've heard a lot of good things about them looking at Najee Harris which could be huge because James Conner just he's not built for the NFL he's built for pit football he's not built for Steelers football Najee Harris is built for Steelers football I'd like to see them go with him there's a couple other decent running backs if we don't go running back first round we'll definitely get one later because we need it bad and then the last uh, targets, uh, position targets, it has to be running back or offensive tackle, maybe cornerback. Those are the only three positions I could see them take in the first round. No Mac Jones? Not nah, possible. not happening after Dwayne Haskins. I'm really we don't need Rudolph Haskins so and Mac Jones, like four that. pretty mediocre to below mediocre quarterbacks on our roster would be not good. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised that so many Steelers fans have gone with the mindset of, oh, well, now that we have Haskins, we're not going to draft a quarterback. Because I, I think Dwayne if they Haskins If they picked up good, Haskins and dropped Rudolph and Duck, then well, I they, could, Duck is, Duck is gone. Yes. Yeah, but, but we need them both gone for us to get another QB, I think. True. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I was just very Because we still have Josh Dobbs, that. too. Yeah, true. That's, that's very true. So I yeah. just don't, I don't see QB happening. If it does, it'll be like a late, real uh, sleeper pick, I guess. I don't know. But I I hope we don't draft a quarterback now. Next season, sure, go for it. Let's see how this season plays out. We're entering a dark era in Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope so. Right now, (laughs) that's what I'm seeing on the horizon. I see a lot of dark clouds. I feel like it'll be kind of sad for a little bit. I haven't experienced that in my lifetime, so kind of getting ready. I'm not getting my hopes up too much here. But uh, you know I'll still be rooting for those Steelers no matter what. Zero wins, 16 wins. Lucas knows that very well. And if he can do it, I can do it. I can stick through the worst. about 20 years. Yep. (laughs) I can do it for a couple years. I trust the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're a winning organization. They'll get it done. Don't you worry about it, folks. 
I think yeah, I think Najee Harris is probably the way to go for them. Honestly, I think or, so. Or 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 a tackle or guard. I feel like interior linemen probably help a little bit more with the run game. Personally, is my is my mindset, mm-hmm. especially when it is Najee Harris. He's between the tackles guy. Now, obviously, once he gets outside the tackles, he's yeah. pretty electric. But I'm sure he'll jump over some guys in the NFL. But um, yeah, I think interior linemen. I think basically the whole line. I think any good lineman, best best lineman available. I think so. Like Alex Leatherwood, the tackle from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Kind of hoping for just Alabama people. If they come I from Alabama, like that name, Alex Leatherwood. Oh yeah, that's just too. a football name right, right there. That's the most football name I've ever heard. Anything else? No, I think you hit it on the head. Yeah. All right. Um, I just yeah just. Keep sending in questions, guys, because we love talking about your questions, um, especially now that the off season's coming up. You know, it's gonna be gonna be a grind, you know, to talk about some uh, some different uh, topics. So send us in. Doesn't even have to be football, like uh, we always say. Just just anything. give us some to talk about. You know, you've heard us talk about basketball. You've heard our right. horrible we takes talk on about that. Basketball. We talk about Gatorade. We talk about nostalgia. We'll talk yeah, about anything. So for real. send in your questions. We love hearing them. Uh, and yeah, keep listening to the pod. Appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Uh, was Lydia real? Pittsburgh. Where legends are told. Pittsburgh.